Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Roman's Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. And no, I, I'm not going to thank Tottenham publicly, but <laughs> I will say that it is very fortunate that they beat Leicester at the weekend. So before we get into that, um, I have my two co-hosts here as always. So I'll start off with our, uh, with our usual host, Sam. How you doing, usual. Man? Zach, you're not reading the script. The script says that you're supposed to thank Tottenham. I I, I said I'm not going to thank Tottenham. I will just say that can it's you at least, we are very you, fortunate that they beat Leicester. That's all I'm going to say. Can you at least thank Gareth Bale? Because I, I think uh, I think I celebrated that goal more than any, <laughs> than any other goal that Chelsea scored this season. I swear, I ran cool. around my apartment. Both goals, I literally ran around my apartment. I, I, I turned all I switched over from Chelsea to to, to that match because they, we, we needed to win this match in order for it to make a difference. The real important <laughs> match was whether uh, Tottenham beat Leicester, and that I, I switched yeah. over the last fifteen minutes. I, I'm not I'm not ashamed to to admit that. I was I was gonna ask Andres which goal did you celebrate more, or actually I asked both of you. Did you score? Did you celebrate Bale's first or second? Because for me, I don't know about you guys, the second goal I celebrated even harder than the first because the first one was almost too good to be true. <laughs> see, you guys actually got to see this happen and celebrate in the moment. I was part of a city like a citywide tournament to finish out the season for for my boys that I coach. So I went into my semifinal of the tournament that Sunday with Chelsea down 2-0 and Tottenham down 2-1, I believe. So I was in full depression mode. I, I just didn't want to check anything. And then halfway through my match, we're up. We, we had already basically clinched a spot in the finals. And I subbed out one of my players who was playing on the parent side. And he told me that Spurs won <laughs> through my match. So for me, I didn't get to, to be live and, and anything. I went into full depression. We're now in fifth place, not getting top four. And, and all I could think about was this is our own fault. I got to watch the first half of the Chelsea match. And then afterwards, it was kickoff for, for my boys. And all I could think about is we we – we ruined it. We ruined a good turnaround, and and then I got that nice surprise that you know, from two to one to four to two, and, and Leicester just pulled a Tottenham. Honestly, there's it's no become, way to it's say become it. the Leicester at this point after the amount of times that they've bottled top four. I think, I think it's fair to say. I just want to go on the record in saying that I'm very glad you guys aren't reading out my text messages publicly on this podcast. Um, uh, I was I, I, an I emotional mess during this game and all the ultras know that too i'm you you guys you guys know i usually try to stay like very calm and measured and logical during the matches but this one i mean everything just kind of fucking went out the window for minute one i was i was in full-on panic mode right from the get-go um but yeah thank god it worked out the way it did <laughs> and it and it's not the way that we envisioned it to happen either i mean we really we needed tottenham to to fucking win a match for us. And I think the best part about this whole thing is not the fact that it clinched us top four, but the fact that it took 
that top that that Europa League spot for it took it away from Arsenal, who had been like really picking it up at the end of the season, and like it's real it's still a lot of fun to make like Thursday night jokes to Arsenal fans, so I'm gonna miss that. But it's also even funnier to say that you don't even get Thursday nights, you get nothing. I feel kind of dumb for not mentioning on the podcast uh, last week that. Tottenham actually had something to play for going into the match against Leicester, which is something we completely overlooked, right? They finished yeah. one point above Arsenal. St. Totteringham's day is on the line. Also, that last European spot. Why did we not mention that on the podcast? I mean, because I wasn't there. for the Europa <laughs> Conference League, and it's not even an automatic bid. They, are, they get to go into a playoff to go into the third tier of European competition. Like, this is as laughable as it gets what? Uh, hold on. they What's... seal our top four so that they can play not even against farmers dude I, I i honestly don't even know what to call this division like i what is it i've I, never heard of it I, what it's is new it's new it's it's like why am I, the why have i not heard of, this? of the europa league so really so it's not, not even only, europa so not only are you not getting champions of poland and the champion of of the czech republic you're getting like the third place of the Czech Republic. Like that's who they're going to be facing. And Arsenal missed out on that. (laughs) Arsenal missed out on it. And Spurs on their way to qualifying for a playoff sealed our top four. I mean, the levels of, of London clubs is hilarious. Yeah. There was a lot of inter intertwined London, uh, helping each other out, hurting each other. It was great. Zach, you wanted, you had something to say? Um, I did, and I, I completely forgot what it was, so we can okay. move on. Well, that, that, that's all right, because we have a lot of Twitter questions this week. We had an overwhelming amount. Um, apologies if we didn't include your question, because we got so many. It pretty much wrote our script for us. So we'll jump into the Villa match, because, I mean, that was the match that we played in. So <laughs> the first main talking point, Mendy getting hurt to close uh, uh, close to halftime. Our first question was uh, from Russell Saunders. He asked, do you think Mendy is a bit fucking soft? A bit? I mean, ribs, do you, do you, like, in that position, keeper, like, I don't know. I feel like the, you're diving, you're hitting the ground a lot more. If you're, I mean, if you're, you know, getting shots peppered on you like Villa was doing, like he he, I guess that or like a bruised rib or a cracked rib would really be hard, especially for you know someone who's like that important of a position. But I don't know, is it was he soft, Zach? I've bruised my ribs before, and it's fucking painful, dude. Like you can't even put your arm up without wincing in pain. So if that's what actually happened to Mendy, no, I don't think it's soft. And and okay, we kind of talked about it. It's, it's the last it's the last match of the season and it's such an important match that pain that's going to stop you from playing is that what you're saying is it, that bad is it is it a matter of Mendy being soft or is it a matter of him actually being hurt or is it a matter of him saying hey I'm not 100% throw Kepa save, in there or is he trying to save I'm not himself be able to give you my full 100% oh, we don't cool. know but the thing is like we mentioned it before we before we started recording um, me and you agreed on it some I think when you look at what actually happened to him i i in live time or real time i thought he could have broken a rib like it looked nasty so i don't think he was faking it or i don't think he's overreacting i think he's actually in pain and like i said i mean when i bruised my rib granted it wasn't that bad but still like i couldn't put my arm up 
without being in like really, really bad discomfort. And if you're a goalkeeper, you're going to be diving on that side. You're going to be extending and reaching. I don't know. Andreas, I have, I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think Zach is a bit fucking soft? <laughs> <laughs> Again, since we can't disclose those mess- app, WhatsApp messages, there, I have yes. no proof. <laughs> so my, my statement will just end up in just hearsay. But I do want to put a caveat into this question. It's a person asking it, and that's Russell Saunders. And Russell is like a grade-A troll. So that and I, I don't want to call him an apologist, but he definitely was was on the Keppa train for a very long time. He always was like, oh, so it was a Keppa that did this. Like he was always kind of on Keppa's side. So I think Russell, who also asks us to pronounce words correctly and things like that on the podcast. And I, distinct I, I between Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday. Have uh, we become Russell's puppets? Is that, <laughs> I'm like, fine with Andres that. Andres just described our relationship with Russell, and we're basically his puppets. We just I'm, do I'm cool with have. that. I'm cool with that, honestly. <laughs> Russell's a nice guy. I'm, I'm fine with that. Shout out shout out to Russell for the masks, by the way. We saw him finally oh, yeah. get us last week in Houston. They're yeah. really awesome. Yeah. They wore it on the plane. It's the only mask that didn't fog up my glasses, so shout out to Russell. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe – what did you put like a special adhesive or spray or something coating for that? Because if you did, let me know because I need that for all my masks. Um, all right. This next one is – this next question is from Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme. And he asks, and with what happened – with what happened with Mendy today, how confident do you guys feel going into the final on Saturday? He and Conte are crucial, but where – but what if one or both are out? And else grade do you give the team this year in the Prem alone? Rep Ultras. Man, Ron, you gotta work on your on your spelling mistakes, man. You're making me look like an grade? amateur. Yeah. yeah, I know. Come on. Uh making <laughs> me look like an amateur, like I can't read. I, I yeah, I, I just gotta make sure that the people know that it's it's Ron and his and what he's typing and it's not <laughs> you're me throw, you're gonna throw the czar of the ultras under yeah, the bus you might you need to find look, the new czar it's it's public it's public news and information you, Twitter. you, can, bus. you guys can look it up and find it find it yourselves what if they just stumbled across it and they re- recognize that it was him and not me but um I, there was a question in that andreas you <laughs> yeah so so i'm gonna tie in russell's question so here's my thing if mendy if I don't see things that say that Mendy has tried every possible way to wrap his torso or something along those lines to play Saturday, then I will jump on Russell's team and say that Mendy's is soft. Uh, Conte, I think Conte's already started training with the team again. So I think this whole time the plan has been for Conte to feature in the final. So for me, it's more about whether Mendy will make it or not. Not going to lie to you. I'd much rather prefer Mendy. I think it is a psychological thing for our defenders, the way they play, the way they go into tackles, knowing who's behind them. Kepa has been great as a as a Robin to Mendy's Batman per se, but it's a nice you, way of saying backup goalkeeper. <laughs> you want you want Batman to protect Gotham City. You don't want Robin to protect it, right? So I think I mean, you you what's that? I said I mean Keppa had a bigger role than most backup keepers do in the Premier League. Like, he played a lot more matches than your average backup keeper would play. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I was going to mention that too. Like Tuchel selected him a few times out of the blue for random league matches or mm-hmm. import actual important matches like this. Yeah. So you know th- there is a there is a level of trust that Tuchel has in Kepa, and I definitely could see it in Kepa's play. I think he looks a lot more confident than he did under Frank. Under Frank, he looked like a baby giraffe. He didn't know what to do with his feet or his hands. He didn't know what to do with anything. But under Tuchel now, he looks more calm. He looks a little bit more assured. He has a confidence and the trust of the manager, which I think helps him. Granted, we haven't really seen him tried and tested like we've seen Mendy. I mean, Mendy's had huge performances in the Champions League and whatnot. So, but but that's why we love the guy. I'm gonna side with Andres here. I think you know after Tuchel's press conference today, he said, you know, Mendy should be okay to train on Wednesday. We're just gonna kind of wait and see to see how he feels. If he's able to train uh, come Wednesday. Um, I fully expect to see him on the pitch uh, on Saturday for the Champions League final. Um, I, I, I hope we see him for the same reason Andres just said. You know, the defensive, the confidence of all of our defenders um, is hugely dependent on who's between the sticks. And I think with us having five subs, uh, it's an easier, it, it's a lot easier to be like, all right, go out there, see how you feel, and if you can't continue, we can sub you off. You know, like it, it's a lot easier to do that when you have five subs. But I could also see, I could see the concern with starting Mendy, even if he's injured, though. And I mean, maybe you guys could chime in on this too. You know, it, it's his right rib. So let's say the first shot he takes, uh, the first shot he faces on goal is a low driver from De Bruyne on the left hand side or Mendy's right. What if he's unable to get there? And then we're a goal down and we realize, oh, shit, our goalkeeper can't finish this game. I mean, I don't know. I think – I mean, if he's in the field, his gut reaction is going to be to dive. My my concern would be that he wouldn't be getting back up, not that he wouldn't reach it. I think he'd reach it, ball goes out of bounds, he stays on the ground, and then, yeah, you pull him off the match, and that's yeah. that's it. That goes back to having five subs. If, if you're telling me we have three subs, then, yeah, you're, you're really rolling the dice because you do not want to use – a keeper as one of your three and again we saw how that played out at this this past weekend against Villa so yeah you you want to have the five I hope I hope that you know they'll figure it out I mean if a quarterback in the NFL can play with a cracked rib and he's getting hit by linebackers running at him at full speed yeah I would hope that a physio team in, in the Premier League can figure out how to protect a, a goalkeeper's right-sided ribs for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who will be asked maybe six times like on the high end to really do something that could put it at risk, you know, making six saves, like go jumping. I mean, and, I mean, you can add coming out for crosses, you know, on a corner, trying to punch it, running into the center backs, like everything. There is a it, lot of things you bump into and like have yeah. to reach like, I don't know. The more the more I think about it, like the more I'd rather play it safe. But I think that it, you know, you could you could go 15, 20 minutes, see how it goes. If you see that he's restricted at all, then you pull him, bring Kappa on, finish it off. I think the one thing we can all agree on here is that if Mendy says he's good to go, he 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 plays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also I mean, not just him. I think the team has to write it off as well it has to be both that's another thing too yeah i mean the the players have to see him perform in training and, and have that confidence in in him like okay come saturday he'll be good to go if he's not diving on his right hand side come wednesday at training then then the alarm bells start to ring and yeah. i think 
maybe we might look at Kepa. Well, I mean, I didn't, by the team, I didn't mean like the players. I meant like t- like Tuchel and the physio and oh, the yeah, staff yeah. and all them. Not 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 Dave. I don't no, know no, but, much but the players too. Yeah, I mean that's something to think about. Yeah, no, I mean for sure. I think Tuchel will think about that, but I don't know if, how much of a say. I mean, hey, maybe Dave has a say as captain, but. Um, no, no, I'm not talking about in terms of selecting. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm I'm just fucking around, teasing <laughs> you a little bit. Uh, all right, our next talking point has to do with us keeping possession, creating chances, and yet again not being able to finish off those chances. Uh, it's 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 just been a clear issue for the last couple of years, ever since. Uh, uh, Diego Costa left really honestly uh, and it's just it's just been the same thing over and over again um, and to join in my somber tone as uh, I ha- I'm gonna guess is pra- uh, Prash Prosh at Prosh CFC aka Prashanth he said what disappointed me the most today is we knew we had to win today and our attack just didn't cut it it's been so long and we still keep seeing the same bad attempts lack of composure bad decision making Tuchel setup and tactics are fine the players sad face though <laughs> he put a, he put a <laughs> sad face he didn't type out sad face just for clarification do we need a new striker or finishing coach do we have a, is uh, my first question is do do we have a finishing coach is that a thing uh, do we have to? And if we do, do we have to change him? Because if, if yeah, if if I, if we have one, he's out. He's gone. Yeah, I was gonna say, first off, if it was a finishing coach issue, we had Antonio Conte's staff, we had Maurizio Sarri's staff, then we had Frank Lampard's staff, and now we have Tuchel, who has hasn't really changed much. Uh, he kept a few of the people around and, and brought a few others, so. I don't think striking coach or, you know, a a forwards coach or an offensive-minded assistant coach is the issue here because, like you said, the chances are there. The players are teeing up multiple high-quality chances a match. We're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. So, for me, it's it's having a striker in confidence. And and the striker – Again, like Diego Costa, that thinks that every time he strikes the ball, it's going to end up in the back of the net. We can't have Timo Werner who hits the ball, wonders if he's going to hit it on target. Then he has to wonder again if he's offside. Then he has to wonder again if, oh, did I hit it with my arm? Like, <laughs> we just need a guy that just puts his head down, doesn't even have to look up at goal because he knows exactly finish. I think that's the big, bigger concern of the two for in terms of Prashant's question. Yeah, to, to Prashant. Um, I, I'll be the first one to admit how reactionary I was while watching this game. I was probably more reactionary than anybody that asked a question or more than participating in this podcast. Well, well, cause here's the thing. I, I just feel like this is the same issue that we've been discussing every single podcast is, you know, we, we're creating the highest amount of chances in the league since two came in. Um, we're possessing the ball. We're controlling games. Our, our, our fullbacks are getting involved. Our midfielders are everything seems to be working except the goals. That's the only thing that we're missing. So yeah, Andres, you hit the nail right on the head. We need a striker. We just need somebody that's going to come in that has that absolute killer instinct. Fuck you. I'm going to get mine. (laughs) Seriously. We need that sort of egotistical maniac. 
Hey, honestly, Harry Kane has already scored two goals for Chelsea. This past weekend, he scored yeah. two goals for us. <laughs> so, I mean, he's already he's practically a blue at this point, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I it's don't. Scary. You want him, Zach? Don't say I don't I, know. You want I him. was a first person. I, look, I was a first person to defend it and say like. Fuck yeah, I'll take him. You're Dude. an idiot if you won't take him. Leading but, scorer and leading assister in the league. And he still misses 20 matches a game. Imagine uh, 20 matches a season. Imagine if he only missed 15. <laughs> like that's yeah. the thing. Well, well, one, one last thing that I wanted to say is I yeah. think it's been what three months since I said this. I mentioned that our offense was not going to get better under Tuchel. The guy came in midway through the season, and I said. You better believe that the rest of our games are going to be one nils and two to ones. If you get anything outside of that, it's an anomaly because we are that bad at finishing. And again, coming in halfway through the season, you can't just wave a magic wand because a new coach is here and erase the, all the misses from Timo Werner's head or erase the fact that or he just feet. came off an injury mentally with Pulisic and... Kai Havertz magically you wave the wand and he didn't have COVID and missed two months of, of physical training. Like all those things were never going to go away when a manager comes in. And so again, it's going to be sweaty. Like it was always going to be that way for this season, even this upcoming weekend. You, you didn't think that he was going to come in and like whisper, like, you know, German phrases that like were very uplifting and like motivational. <laughs> no, no not that. Gonna that... Like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna say German phrases like you do with dogs, where they magically understand German for some reason with training commands. Like, oh, okay, so Werner gets Run, score! <laughs> scoring goals. Like... <laughs> exactly, bro. Just like whip them into shape a little bit. Just like yell at them. Like it'll it'll sound like their parents yelling at them. You know, like in in their nat- native tongue, it'd be like, oh shit, like you know, like when you're at when you're at a game and like your parents, come on, get get up the fucking pitch and go. Like that's when you're performing at peak peak performance when your parents are on your ass. <laughs> like I thought that would have been uh, that 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 was a possibility, but clearly my my theory is a little bit flawed. Um, all right, let's go on to the next question. This one's from at Michael Cohen, and he asks. Are we allowed to say Mount and Pulisic were terrible? Are we allowed to, Zach, or will we get slaughtered by both Americans and English fans? We are a hundred percent allowed to say that after praising them in no. the last nineteen podcasts that we've recorded. No, Zach. Here's the thing: we come into this game with all the chances we're creating, all the opportunities at goal. They're responsible for it, too. We talk about Timo Werner missing his chances. What about these guys? For me, Pulisic wasn't involved in the game um, as much as he should have been. Um, I thought he was going to take it by the scruff of the neck a little bit more, um, which was kind of disappointing. And then Mason Mount, he had his moments. You know, I, I don't think I don't think he was terrible, um, but I don't think he was good. It wasn't one of his better games for us. Um opportunities again missing right in front of goal i think he might have put the ball in the 25th row of their stands at least eight times and and for me that was frustrating um i might be being reactionary and saying that but yeah for me they just didn't do enough and they they didn't impact the match enough and to be fair to both of them they are victims of their own success more so mason mount where he's been our 
in the man of the match conversations week in and week out. So it's okay that he didn't have a good game. I'd rather have him have this performance against Aston Villa as opposed to this performance come Saturday. So at least they got it out of their system. They could recharge their batteries and they could and they could just fucking forget about it because it was a very very forgettable performance from both of them. Yeah, the the one moment that I think encapsulated both of their performance for me was in the first half, Aspie puts a ball between uh, somewhere around the right side of the penalty spot. And you would think Pulisic gets it and Mason Mount lunges at it and then skies the chance. So you have Mason Mount trying something that's not in his comfort zone that might be a little too hard. And then you have Pulisic not having the balls to do something about it. So you have both players, Mount doing too much and then Pulisic not doing enough Mm -hmm. in the same sequence where had Pulisic just, again, had the cojones to scream that it's his or Mason Mount to have the the awareness to to notice that a one-time left-footed lunge, volley, whatever you want to call that, is not probably the best. And maybe we get something out of it. So that little sequence went 30 minutes into the match just kind of summarized how I felt about their performances today. I mean, I think you like you like to see that for Mason Mount. Obviously, he's been getting tons of praise in the past couple of months, and he's trying stuff out that he normally doesn't, and it's clearly due to his confidence. And then he does that, and it's like, okay, maybe it's time to reel it back in a bit. But I still like I still like him going for that. To be completely honest, I still like it. And I, and I know what you're saying about Pulisic. I mean, I think he also acknowledges that that as well. Like he's got to let Mason Mount do his thing. Um, all right, let's go on to the next question. This one's also from Michael Conan. He says, "Is the key to the front three actually Kai?" It seems like every time Timo is the front man instead of one of the tens, we don't score. Also, worst ref, Anthony Taylor or Stuart Atwell? Ooh, so that's a tough one. I'd probably say Anthony Taylor. He's just just a name that I see pop up way more often than Stuart Atwell. But, um, I mean, Zach, I know that you are a big fan of Kai Havertz as striker. Uh, what do you think about having him instead of Timo? And you're also muted as well, by the way. Well, I was thinking, so... Um, okay, cool. <laughs> no, thinking all here's out. the thing. <laughs> my, my gut reaction is, yeah, Kai's, Kai's the better option up front um, because he has that versatility. I think Timo, as of late, has been a bit of a one-trick pony, um, a pace merchant, as some people like to call him. I think Kai just gives you a little bit more, especially against a team like Man City where we're going to definitely need the hold-up play. Um I might I might prefer him, but the only uh, hesitation I have is that Kai Havertz is not in good form either. So it's not like we're replacing Timo Werner with a guy that's going to be guaranteed to come in and give us some sort of performance. We, Kai's been one of those players for us where we play him and we don't really know what we're going to get. It's like almost it's almost as if is he going to perform for us today? Is he going to get a double today, or is he going to get hooked at the 65th minute and do absolutely nothing? So. You got to kind of pick I, – I, I don't really know what Tuchel's going to pick. I don't know what kind of hunch he has. But if it's up to me, yeah, I think I think I go Kai Havertz in this one just based on Timo's uh, current form. 
It's got to be Kai Havertz. I cannot see another missed header. (laughs) I can't. I really can't. The only time I'm okay with a missed header was the fact that Chilwell got to score because Werner is just (laughs) that bad with his head, dude. I, I am baffled by how this man has now hit the ball down to his arm twice from headers, how he's missed headers from the goal line. I just, again, I think Michael Conan makes a great point. When Timo's not the the sole target and he can even work as a decoy, I think that's when he's most effective. Because right now he doesn't have the confidence to take people on. At the beginning of this match, there was a sequence again where he was to the left of the box and he's right-footed. And you would think, oh, he's going to just quickly take a shot with his right foot. But instead, he just continues to run down the field and without trying to take on the player, without trying to cut inside little things like that. When the final ball gets to him, it just kind of dies. And you mentioned it. Kai Havertz does something a little bit different. He's more of a, he called it himself. He's like, I don't know if I'm a striker or if I'm a number 10 in this formation, but whatever it is, it works and players can play off of him. And again, Havertz, I want to say you talk about, he's not informed, but, Champions League Havertz is a different Havertz than in the Premier League. I don't know what it is, but that the Real Madrid performances to me were were some of the best this team had, and I think Havertz being in the middle of that front three was was key to that. I mean, he was bodying Sergio Sergio Ramos in that second leg, so I think he has to be in the middle for this to make sense. Unfortunately, I really think that means that Tuchel's going to go back to benching Pulisic because you have to play Mason Mount. And again, Tuchel prefers to have Timo on that left side for some reason. So yeah, I, I think you have to start Kai. I think the the point that I agree w- with more in the question is the, the gripe about Timo in the middle. And I'm, I couldn't agree with you more, Andres. Like his his value, if he's not scoring goals, his only value comes as being a speed decoy, and like playing balls in from the wing, and just put him out put him outside, honestly. Like try let's try Pulisic centrally. Like he kind of he played that a little bit during Leicester. Why don't Why don't we try him? Let's let's try him at striker. Should we? He's I think he's got more of like a finishing prowess than anyone else on our team to be honest, but. I mean, I can't really say much after this last match, but let's talk a little bit about that uh, that soft ass red card for for Aspie, a straight red. Um, first of all, does that does that carry into next season? Is that true? Yeah. So how many three matches he misses? Straight red. Two. Is three. Oh, it's three. Yeah. yeah. It's harsh, harsh. Um, so we got a question on this by from at discussing CFC. Interesting First question. First time question. First time question, a very interesting one. He said, after the Aspie red card, did Chelsea need a new club captain? Personally, I think Aspie is great, but our lack of leadership is showing in big games. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I'm not clear whether he's basing his this idea of, of needing a new captain on this one red card, or if it's overall our lack of leadership, he's saying. But I think Dave does a hell of a job being the captain and, you know, like playing hard and the hard fouls are like, I think a part of it as well. <laughs> like 
like willing to put your body on the line for for the team. I think that's 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 pretty inspiring. Let's not all act like this is the first time we've seen a captain of a club get sent off with a straight red card. Like I, I don't want to overreact and say we need a new captain because I feel like that's what it is a little bit. Um, with you know, no offense to discussing CFC, obviously. Um, I just feel like it was a rush of blood to the head. It was a frustrating match for everybody. Um, and, and those kind of things, as much as we want to shit on it and say it's stupid because it is, they happen. It's part of the game. So, no, I don't think we necessarily need a new captain. It's just a rush of blood to the head. And Aspie did something very uncharacteristic, um, which is just part of the game. But I don't think that I, – I disagree with the second part of the question about um, the lack of leadership in big matches. I think especially in the Champions League when Aspie has been called upon, he's been phenomenal. He's actually been one of our standout players, um, especially when he's playing in the back three, which I know we haven't seen him there lately. But um, I, no, I just kind of disagree with it uh, all the way around. You know, it, it's it's a rush of blood. Those kind of things happen. Yes, he did the wrong thing there. Yes, captains make mistakes too. It doesn't mean they should get stripped of the armband. Um, and and, and in terms of the big games, I mean, I, what I'm seeing, Aspie's been really good for us in the big game so far. So his crossing, not so much, but everything else, pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean. I think this is a tad bit reactionary and the red was soft. I really think that the fact that it went into VAR, I think the, the ruling with those sort of situations where you're looking at, um, off the ball in you know, issues. The only thing you can do is either give no, no card or red card. So that's another thing Like you do not go to VAR for an off-the-ball situation unless you're going to give a red card, like if you think it's a red card offense. So that I think that was my sort of uh, kind of issue that because they went into VAR, it ended up being a red more so, more than anything else. Had he seen it live, it would have been just a yellow in my book. So I'm, I'm a tad bit annoyed, and I'm pretty sure Tuchel was too because yeah. post-match, you know, this is now the second – match in in three where he discusses the fact that VAR continues to get it wrong. I mean, Tyrone Mings should be a goalkeeper next season, the way he blocked one of our chances, but VAR didn't check that either. So again, it is what it is. I'm okay with that red card. Honestly, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like he just randomly got pissed off and punched a dude in the face. You know, it, it's nothing like that. So I, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, discussing CFC. We didn't have more enthusiasm for your first question, but maybe <laughs> next time you'll ask a better one. No, thanks kidding. for the question. Thanks yeah. for the question, by the way, though. It's nice to get a first-time question. Yeah, thank you, obviously. Uh, all right, this next maybe one is like... from Baroque, Baroque Bunch. Brunch. Baroque Brunch. It's a great – I think it's a first time because I've definitely never heard that one before. I think we I got – I think we got them once before. Might, I might have not been on the episode because I would rec, I would re remember Baroque Brunch. That's a great name. Um, he said was – he has two questions. One, was that a double – was that double pivot? Okay. Again, not me. You can blame Baroque Brunch for this uh, terrible grammar. He says – was that 
double pivot was a J.O. Kovacic. Jokovicic. Jokovicic? Was that oh, midfield it's Jovicic. joke? No, no, no. He's Jokovic. trying to call it a joke. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Jokovicic. I got it. You got to kind of like mouth it out slowly. Dude, this Baroque brunch guy is just like on one with his like alliterations and like, you know, wordplay. I like it. Yeah. And the second one. Was Kane or Bale man of the match for Chelsea, and which one will be in blue next season? <laughs> we already knows. You already know Zach, Zach's answer. Yeah, he's a huge Gareth. I mean, huge uh, Harry Kane fan. But I love Gareth Bale fan. as well. Now, I'm a fan of him. If uh, if he wants to come to Chelsea, I'll, I'll, of course I'll be a fan of his. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the answer to that question of whether you would support Harry Kane or not if he came is would you support anyone in a Chelsea jersey? Yes. All right, cool. Let's support yep. Harry Kane if he comes. But if he doesn't, fuck him. Honestly, I'm, I, yeah. I don't like fuck. him very much. <laughs> wearing Andres. light blue next season. Uh, so what, Andres, what do you think of the Jovicic double pivot today or yesterday? I, I think Jorginho's been off pace a little bit for his typical Tuchel performance. I think this is now the second time that he makes – a very dangerous pass to Kovacic, which leads to a chance, if not a goal. So, I mean, I don't know what it is, man. They've been playing so well since the turnaround in January. For them to to make such dumb mistakes, I I, I don't know. I wish I could understand. It's not that teams are pressing Jorginho any different than they have been pressing him. I don't think that Leicester and, and Aston Villa have found, you know, the magic solution, I think these have been self-inflicted and yeah, they just, I, I was not a fan of their performance the last few times they've been deployed together. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think Jorginho has been playing a lot of football and he's probably been the one guy that hasn't been rotated. I mean, even Aspie, Aspie might be the other guy where you can say he's played a lot of minutes um, and hasn't gotten the rotation that he probably should have. So I'm going to chalk it off to that. I mean, look, I'm not going to backtrack on what I said a few weeks ago. I think Jorginho has been phenomenal for us since Tuchel came in. He's He's been one of our one of the many players that Tuchel has sort of come in and breathed life into. So a couple bad performances, yeah, it's a concern. I think the back, the back passes are definitely a concern because it's not only the physical uh, toll that it, that we see it taking. It's, it's those lapses of concentration, which, again, we're talking about players doing things that are very uncharacteristic that's uncharacteristic of Jorginho to give away bad passes like that to not have that sort of telepathic eyes on the back of the head I can play this thing without even looking and I know where exactly where the ball is going to go he just hasn't had that the last couple matches it's I, I think physically it's showing I think mentally it's showing I think you could probably point the same argument at Dave for his red card that could be a little bit of mental and physical fatigue mixed in with that but look I think come the Champions League final, um, you you look at the situation that all the players are in, especially Mateo Kovacic coming back from injury. I think he was out for, what, like the better part of a month, if not a little bit more, I think. Um, and he came in, and to be fair to to, to, to Kovacic, he didn't look all that great either. Um, it, he looked a little rusty at times as well. So I don't think we're going to see Kovacic start um, on Saturday. I think we're going to see Jorgolo. That's been the most... Uh, effective pivot it's been the most consistent pivot and um 
you know, I, I think we've been wrapping Conte in wool for the last two weeks um, as a precaution just to make sure that he's okay for this final. I do want to say one last thing before I before I stop this rant. The last time we risked N'Golo Conte in a European final, we won. So we should do the same exact thing again, and we should play Jorgolo. I was going to say, Zach, I, I, I don't know about you, but I wrap things that I want to protect in bubble wrap. I've not heard wrapping things wool. in wool. So that's new no. for me, Cot- yeah. Yeah, I meant to say like cotton or something, <laughs> but I, I was just a little bit ahead of myself. Wool, yeah, he might be a little itchy, warm yeah. being wrapped up in wool. It might be yeah, breaking. they want to make him look like a sheep. <laughs> well, not, well, well, not even, yeah. <laughs> I think the only people that wrap themselves in wool are like fighters when they're trying to cut weight because isn't wool oh, like really you, warm? makes you sweat. Yeah. yeah. All in all, that Villa match, it it just didn't feel right to qualify after that horrific, horrific performance, and we just barely squeaked in the top four. Um, we got a question from at Michael. There's like a bunch of A's, so I have to say it like that. Should we? It, can we clarify right. if he's listening, Michael? Are you Michael? Or formerly known as Michael three eight five two seven five four four, formerly <laughs> known as Michael No Digits. We just want to know. We just want to know if, if it's our same listener or if this is a new Michael. We want to get it right. Did someone else tell you to change your your Twitter profile or your Twitter handle? Because I know you originally changed it because we had an issue with it, and we really liked the new one. So I don't know why you changed it again. If if you are the same Michael. It could it could be a completely different person. I feel like Michael's a very common name. So he asked, should we start judging Tuchel based on recent games, or should we wait until the next season? Um, Zach, what do you think? Is it is it should we start judging him now? Yeah, let's judge him now. He's a fucking fantastic manager, and I would love for him to stay for a very long time. Andres, but wait, you had no issues with the way the season closed and ended. Yeah, I mean, of course, but, like, I would really be nitpicking, man, because I came in and I didn't expect this guy to only drop two games since, what, February? Um, He's been phenomenal for us, and and it was up until last week uh, where we could finally inflict some sort of criticism on him. So he's he's done everything right up to this point. It's it's part of the game. We're going to lose games. We're going to lose results but i don't wait hold on sorry sorry you you said we he's dropped two games since february we've lost three matches in the last like two weeks three matches yeah whatever in the past two weeks even even i but since he came in i know but it's to end the season i don't know it is a disappointing end of the season yeah but am i gonna sit here and blame tuchel as the reason why we lost against villa no the reason why we lost against Villa is because the 11 players that went onto the pitch had absolutely no intention of winning that game. That's the reason why. It wasn't as a manager you could only do so much. You could only talk to the players in the dressing room, put them in a system, select the 11, and then throw them out on the field and hope for the best. I think the 11 that he selected against Aston Villa was a strong enough lineup to beat Aston Villa. That's why I don't think yeah. it's necessarily Tuchel's fault. Oh yeah, that's true. No, and, and, and I'm going to go further. I mean you guys know I like to use the stats, but this game had us winning expected goals 3.28 to 1.05. Um, I can go 
to the Arsenal match and say the same thing. They got that lucky goal and then they parked the bus. We were supposed to win that unexpected goals, 1.79 to 0.64. Um, I just, Zach said it. It's one of those things where the manager can only do so much. Heck, I'll even go back to the West Brom disaster. Even in that match, we were supposed to win in expected goals, 2.1 to 1.63. He's not... It's not that the system isn't working or that the way we press is naive or that the pairings on the field make no sense. Hardly do we have big complaints about the starting 11. Hardly do we say maybe he should have played this sort of style and, and this. Like The coaching decisions, we've, we've, we've been consistently on the same page as the manager. And then when we're not... Even the manager post-match goes, yeah, I, I kind of messed up there. And he admits to it. So to come in from 10th to 4th takes us to the FA Cup final. Yes, we lose it in a very questionable fashion. Performance wasn't great. But now we're also in a Champions League final. And the road we took to get there, paved by Frank Lampard to get us to the elimination games. But those elimination games were some of the best we played this season. And they were under Tuchel. So for me... Yeah, you can judge him. I think people are just getting into recency bias, like you pointed out, Sam. We've lost three of the last X amount of matches. But in the grand scheme of things, we weren't supposed to be anywhere near this. And we were in no trajectory to get where we are right now back in January. All right. Uh, the next question, this one's from at Black Emoji. He asks... Do we really deserve to be in the Champions League if we just finished like a Europa team, Europa League team? This is just what happens. We somehow squeak into top four due to no fault of our own. Like we we don't take credit for us making it to Champions League. Uh, this has happened. Like it's it's just I I knew I've I said this all year. It's just a matter of what's gonna happen with Leicester. How are they going to choke it this year? And it happened again. I mean, they really did, and I feel bad because I have no ill will against Leicester. It's like, it's not oh, like I, do I, know. I, I would I wouldn't feel the same way I would feel if it was if it was Tottenham who did the same thing. Like that would be way more funny. Both Leicester, I kind of feel bad, and I know we were upset at them for beating us in the FA Cup, but that was their first one. That's a team that really was built with with I mean they started spending more recently but they don't break the bank on their on their on their purchases you know they're like 30 40 million dollar purchases here and there but I, th I like the way that they built their team I, don't, I know that wasn't even the question but I, I need I just wanted to give credit to to Lester even though they they got cucked again um, but yeah Zach yeah um we deserve to be in the Champions League. We granted, look, I think any team that makes a Champions League final, you have to have a combination of two things: results and luck. We got the results, and we also got the luck by drawing teams like Porto, by avoiding teams like Bayern, by avoiding teams like PSG. Um, I think we very well deserved it. It hasn't been pretty. I don't think any of our victories. I mean, I could, I could maybe count on one hand the amount of like genuinely beautiful wins we've had under Tuchel so they've all been one or two goals but still the results are there um 
and then the guys have earned it. I don't see any Wait. way how you can take how you can discredit us making the Champions League final. Well, no, 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 Zach, you're reading this wrong. He's talking about qualifying for next year. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry, He's sorry. He's talking about deserving yeah, like a spot in the Champions League when we finish like a Europa League team. And, oh. and well, again, I mean, yeah. I think this is a recency bias thing. I mean, teams slip up in the Premier League. Zach mentioned it just a few questions ago. And for, for Tuchel to not have those slips along the way until now, after he played how many matches in, in consecutive weeks with two matches per week against very tough opposition where he was then forced to make in those three back-to-back-to-back matches, seven changes to the starting 11, three different times. I mean, I, I still, I think people are being too reactionary that the exhaustion is coming in. You can see it. I really don't think we'll see a, 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 a team that lacks motivation coming into next week. So I get the question. I get the sentiment from Black Emoji. It feels weird qualifying to the top four when we didn't win our final game and when, on the other end of things, Liverpool had to win the last, like, five or six, and they did so, and they got themselves third place in a season when they were supposed to not even make top four. So, again, I understand the weird taste in your mouth, but, man, when... I'm going to say when we win the Champions League this Saturday, it won't matter because we would have qualified anyway. Damn, so. a little preview into your uh, into your prediction, huh? Okay, yeah. cool. A little bit of foreshadowing. I like that. Um, all right, let's talk. Well, actually, before we do that, um, just to add on to this, we, we, we deserve to be top four. Like, we, we played bad to finish it off, but, yeah, I agree. And Zach, you you mentioned all of the teams that we beat on the way to the Champions League. I know you're answering the wrong question, but don't forget we also beat the champions of Spain. We knocked them out. You meant you uh, didn't no. mention that. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Atletico. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. So that is that was not necessarily the easiest possible draw, although we did get lucky with uh with with injury. And nobody's shoulders got bitten, which is another thing that we avoided big time. Yeah. And uh, also, I wanted to point out to, to Black Emoji, again, did we probably deserve this if our finishing wasn't shit? <laughs> yes, because I, I follow the XG philosophy. These people must really go back and, and do numbers for days when they make these posts. So they went and they did the full season of expected points versus actual and if the chances we created and the opportunities that we missed were actually scored when they were and vice versa we didn't give up dumb goals and and all that the expected table actually had us in second place on about 78 points which would have been actually a closer gap to first place manchester city than manchester united is right now and that's had we actually done what statistics are showing I think and and now me trying to be positive onto the future because I believe we've been talking about well you know we talked about whether we need a new striker or we need better finishing coaches etc numbers don't lie we're doing the right things to get those goals and I don't know what is it I can't remember what Murphy's law or whatever eventually these are going to start banging because we're doing the right thing like it's only a matter of time so 
I don't. I'm not saying it's gonna happen in the Champions League final per se, but I'm saying come fresh heads post summer, post the Euros, you never know. All right, let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, the transfers now. Uh, so the big, we got a couple questions on this, so I'll try to con- you know consolidate them into one, but we have to read uh, at human capital department. Uh, his question because I still gotta stop, in, gotta stop tweeting from the uh, from the business account. Yeah, bro. Make, switch make to a your, personal. Yeah, switch to the burner, bro. Yeah, okay. get a burner. <laughs> yeah, you can do. You can make a human capital department one two three four five six seven eight. Like, just make it a personal one. Like, or make I, it human capital department no digits. Like, maybe he just loves human capital so <laughs> much that like that's like his passion. Like, that's what he makes his name. Either. Or he goes human capital department. Oh, that's like that. Michael. Yeah, that's just right too. <laughs> uh, so he asks. With wait, yeah, we need we we'll we still need some clarification on who you are. Um, I, says, I just want to know if this is like the business account or if this is actually like his main Twitter account. Who is? Both. I, I want to know who it is. Yeah, who are you? So he asked, he or she or it, whatever. <laughs> This is asked with Jorginho finishing as Chelsea's top scorer this season, which is an amazing stat. I cannot get over that. How critical is it to sign an out and out number nine striker in the summer? Uh, well, that, that your question answers the question because you said with Jorginho finishing as Chelsea's top scorer this season, we need a striker. That can't happen. Jorginho scored all of his goals from penalties, right? Like, did he score an yep, open yeah. field? Yeah, nope, he didn't play, nope. score a all single penalties. open play he goal. He scored one goal from open field in his whole Chelsea career. And so, I know exactly. I against Fulham. Against. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, the only goals that he's scoring are penalties. And that it, it, it's, it's, we need it. Whether that is Timo Werner pulling his head out of his ass because I saw like a two-minute... 30-second clip on Twitter today of his highlights from last year at Leipzig. And then, what, dude, where is that? He's, he's, <laughs> he is a great finisher, okay? Where the Ooh. hell was that this year? No, not now. I'm, I was meant to say he was, just to be clear. So <laughs> the names that have been talked about a lot, Harry Kane, obviously we've mentioned him. Holland, obviously I've mentioned him almost every episode in the past couple months Lukaku surprise return is a potential possibility um, we had a question from at Leonard Cohen as well uh, asking saying <clears throat> I should do it in his voice dear pod Tammy Abraham Kepa Ariza Villaga and Callum Hudson-Odoi are linked with a swap deal for Tottenham's Harry Kane what are the pods thoughts so just Throwing it out those names as a possible swap deal with Harry Kane, so that's Tammy Keppa or Cho. So all of that together, what do you guys think, Zag? It's Harry Kane. I out think I think three, if a guy like over that. Holland? No, I I'm talking about well for all three of these guys. Oh, oh. Okay, you're saying they're you're all, talking about the swap Yeah, God, sorry, yeah. Go I I mean in terms of just a swap deal for for Harry Kane, I to me, pick one of them and say, hey, we're going to make a real big push and we'll throw some cash on top of it. 
personally, I don't think the Harry, as much as I love the idea of it, I don't think it's a, that big of a possibility for us. One, because of the rivalry situation. Um, and two, because I think Manchester City is going to come in with a way higher bid than anyone else. Uh, and and honestly, if you're Harry Kane, you're you're kind of stupid if you don't go to Manchester City because, um, you know, they just they just want to leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, so it, yeah, that's for me. I don't think Harry Kane's gonna happen. The Holland situation's a little bit more complicated. It became a lot less complicated actually this past weekend when they qualified for the Champions League. So now you're in a situation where Dortmund already said that they're going to let Jadon Sancho go if they get the right bid. And you know if they let Sancho go, they're not going to let Holland go in the same summer as well. It's going to be too hard to replace both of those guys and compete next season. So I think Holland's out of the equation. Now you look at Lukaku, and this is where it gets even more complicated because this guy just won the league, and he's already went out and said that he loves Inter and he wants to stay at Inter. Now, the complicated part is what the fuck happens with Antonio Conte in this situation because this guy might leave. Um, and, and if Conte walks, we all know Conte loves Lukaku. He wanted him at Chelsea. It was his guy at Inter. So if Conte goes, then maybe we might have the possibility of bringing a guy like Lukaku back. I think the more likely of the three is Lukaku for one reason and one reason only. I think uh, Inter would be the most tempted team to sell out of everybody, um, mainly because I, I, the Italian club suffered a lot during COVID. Um, and I know they just won the league. They're going to get that prize money. They qualified for Champions League. That's all fine and dandy. But um, money talks in Italy especially. So I think Lukaku might be the most likely out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, for, first off, I'm not adding Callum Hudson-Odoi to any swap deal. I still think there's something there. And if the, the rumors of the 4-2-4 are real, I think that Hudson-Odoi will ha- have far more playing time next season. In terms of between the three, Zach's got it right. Kane's going to end up at City. I I don't know why I believe it, but... It just makes sense to me in my head. It, why not, right? <laughs> they had no striker for all this year, and they were still scoring. So imagine what they'll do with the guy that's that led the league in goals and assists. Uh, Holland, they qualified for Champions League. Regardless, Dorman's been very, very adamant of the fact that they weren't going to sell him this summer. And when they were able to come back and finish in the top four in the Bundesliga... That gives Holland what he wants, which was Champions League and playing against the very best. He knows he just has to do one more year. And if things go sour, you know, he might force a move by January. And then Lukaku, yeah, again, he won the league. That's great. But it, it's not just across Italy. I'm pretty sure Inter's had issues altogether, which is why Conte also doesn't want to stay. I don't think he can get paid what he wants. I don't think he's going to be able to get the players he wants. And when Italian teams are forced to sell, they do. They they don't just magically get the money from somewhere else. So the Lukaku being the next Drogba thing in a weird way could still happen. And he's far younger. He has an incredible record of staying healthy. Knock on wood right here. Knock on wood. But he he's my top choice as well. Yeah, with those those three names in the swap deal, uh, they're not one of them is not like the others. And Cho <laughs> for sure, out of those three, I I I I would take him off completely. 
I don't want to give him up in a swap deal. I understand Harry Kane. But, again, at the same time, though, like, this hypothetical situation, I'm on the same boat as you guys. I think he's very likely to go to City, so I'm not even going to really get too offended by this idea because I don't think it's even going to happen. But uh, I, I just – I just it, it, it makes me – I'm just not – sorry, let me rephrase this. I'm reluctant to believe that we're going to get any of those three names – and it's really upsetting. And that's why I defer back to Timo Werner pulling his head out of his ass. <laughs> Kai Havertz getting some conditioning. And both of them coming back. And us not... This is the very likely situation. We will not be buying one of these world-class strikers or any world-class striker for that matter this summer. And I think that's we're going to probably... go into next summer with what we have. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, Sam. I was going to say, I, I think that's the most likely scenario uh, more than anything. Is we, we probably, For me, at least, if we don't wind up with one of these three guys, um, I don't, I, I don't want to go after plan B or plan C. I think it's, it's a world-class striker or bust next season. You either go out there, you get him this summer yeah. if he's available. If not, you stay patient. I mean, we just bought all of these young players. We have all these academy products that are still developing, still coming through. Mm -hmm. I think the one thing we have to our advantage, and it's really important for our board to understand this as they're you know, continuing to build this team, is that we have time. We don't need to go into win-now mode and just kind of blow everything up and throw all of our toys out the pram just so we could win the league next season i think we got to look at the bigger picture so it has to be the right purchase mm. i don't want to panic buy i don't want to overpay for somebody that's not good enough it needs to be a top class striker or nobody okay how about 30 million for peter crouch <laughs> isn't he Is retired that... now he has a good podcast yeah. danny ings dude andy carroll oh man if we get linked to Ashley Barnes again, I might shoot myself. Wait, what, what did you call – it was Andy Carroll. His nickname was Shithead Andy Carroll for a little shithead bit. Shithead Andy Carroll because he's the biggest shithead. He, he's a, just a... Oh, that's why his nickname was Shithead. Got it. Ex okay. Yeah, he's just a shithead. I think that was, I think that was a pre-Andreas uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> this was, this predated was. Andreas. This is when we were linked with, with, with Andy Carroll and Peter Crouch. That was, that was a great, great transfer window. Um. All right, let's Before talk a little bit out. about this. Uh, let's talk about the city, city matchup this weekend. Um, Andreas, I know you are extremely confident based on what you said earlier. Um, so I'll start off with you. This one, this first question is from Black Emoji. He asked, "What's your ideal starting eleven for a second coronation as champions of Europe?" That's let's right. Go. That's right. So my starting eleven is yeah. Mendy and goal. Rudiger, Thiago Silva, Reese James in the back three. Because that's what I believe is going to happen. Reese James will be back there. Chilwell, Jorginho, Conte. I would have it differently, but I know it's going to be Aspie. And then the front three. Again, this is what I believe is going to happen. What I would want is slightly different. But I think the front three will be Werner, Havertz, Mount. And yourselves will be any mix of Pulisic, Kovacic, and either oh wait we have five subs so yeah Polizikovic is the for sure subs Ziyech the the third option and then your last two most likely Giroud and Cho but hopefully it doesn't get to that point where we're using all five unless it's to waste time 
I uh, I agree. I think the team's going to be exactly what you said it is, Andres. Um, I think the team I want has a different front three, though. The team I want has no Timo Werner starting in a Champions League final, and it's not it's not a knock on him. It's it's just that we need goals, <laughs> and he's not going <laughs> to get them for us. Like it's there's no there's literally no other excuse besides that. Pulisic. Kai Havertz and Mason Mount have a way higher chance of scoring goals than any combination of Timo Werner with any combination of those two guys. It's it, it just it, th- those are just the facts. So, but we know Tuchel's going to select Werner to play off the left. We know he's going to put you know Kai Havertz up top. Um, hopefully he puts Kai Havertz up top, um, and then obviously Mason Mount on the right. So I think the main thing for him kind of going into this match is not necessarily the team he selects, but it's the changes that he makes in game because um the substitutions uh lately haven't had a very big impact sort of like andres alluded to earlier in the podcast um that's my main concern is who's going to be coming in if pulisic isn't firing or if kai havertz picks up a knock or um you know how is how are guys like kovacic going to perform when he comes in i mentioned earlier that he's been out for almost a month he didn't look that great against villa now all of a sudden you're stepping into a cup final, um, so it's gonna all the players are gonna be put in difficult positions. But look, I feel confident about our chances too, man. And it's not just because we beat Man City twice; it's that both times we beat Man City, we were actually the better team. So that's the difference for me. Um, I, I think Tuchel has a leg up on Pep in this situation, and I think if you're looking at it from Manchester City's perspective. Or even from a non-biased perspective, if you're not a fan of either of these teams, you're looking at this uh, at this match and saying it's more of a must-win for Man City and for Pep Guardiola. This is arguably the biggest match of Pep's career. He hasn't won a Champions League in 10-plus years. People are asking a lot of questions about him. Manchester City broke the bank to buy the players he wanted, broke the bank to bring him in so he could win the Champions League, not just the Premier League or just the FA Cup. Um so yeah, this this is this is the biggest test of Pep's career. Um, he's going to be put on the spot. I think a lot of the media coverage is probably going to be about him and how he's going to react to the pressure and what team he's going to select and whatnot. But guess what? I would rather go into this match as the underdog because the last time we went into a Champions League final as an underdog, we fucking took the trophy home. And I think that's the same exact thing that's going to happen this time around. Um, so I don't know, guys. I'm going to jump the gun. And I'm gonna go two uh, one Chelsea. I think I think we take home. Whew, I think we take home the Champions League. I can't say it without a big smile on my face. But um, good lord, I'm going exactly. two one. Let me stop Chelsea. you right there. Let me stop yeah. you right there. Let me remind you that when you said we we're gonna win the FA Cup, something happened. So let's change this. Change it. Change it before it's too late. Two nil. Chelsea. Two that nil. No, that, that that's that prediction that's hasn't thing. been wrong for me. So far. That's our thing. So I'll go two with the nil. prediction that hasn't been wrong. I'm gonna go two nil Chelsea, um, and and that's it. I don't want to talk myself into trouble. <laughs> I love it. I'm with you. Well, that okay. So you you mentioned two nil the clean sheet. Yeah. Um, to follow up on that, we got another question from at Black Emoji. A lot of questions from Black Emoji. All always great questions. He says, since we can't compete with City up front. Does our defense still have what it takes to get us over the line once again? So we are going to have to rely on our defense because it's not going to be our goal scoring. 2-0. If we win, it'll be 1-0. Yeah, 
because if, if they score one, I don't know if we're gonna be able to score two. But I um, said, I hmm. said it over the weekend. I think um, we're gonna be in big trouble if Manchester City scores first, just like any other game. I mean, even against <laughs> shitty teams, if we don't score first, we even dig against Man really, City. Yeah, we dig ourselves a really deep hole. Uh, that we can't climb out of. So if we score first, our chances look good. Andres, you haven't given your prediction yet, man. 1-0. That's it. It's Is just it? going to be one goal. We're going to create like 12 chances and we're going to score one. And it's not even going to be pretty. It's going to be a sloppy, sloppy goal. I'll take it. I'll take it, dude. It can it can <laughs> come off of Timo Werner's like, shin guard dude no his calf somehow he falls and it hits his calf and it rolls in like like the, the chill well goal if it counted <laughs> yeah exactly i can see it bouncing off like a manchester city player's ass and going in Ooh, nathan okay he's blue he's not starting he's not yeah, he's zero <laughs> Jeez, that guy starts in the final he's a, he's a, he starts for me every week in weekend league or every time i play weekend league but all yeah, four times I played it this year, um, but yeah, man, I, I I think we all just kind of feel confident about this game in general. That's that's the general consensus. Unfounded yeah. confidence based on our recent play, but yeah, I, the I, confidence, I, I'm, confidence nonetheless. Yeah, I guess that's a good caveat. Yeah, the confidence is not based on our recent play. It's just the general feeling that we have. But a huge match this weekend, guys. Um, I'm going to be watching it at my fiance's house. I have a graduation party to go to right after. So um, I will have tons of unlimited alcohol to drink if we win the Champions League um, immediately available. And I'll also have tons of alcohol to drink if we lose the Champions League immediately available. So either way, pray for me. <laughs> I'll Andres, pray for you guys. You should fly out to L.A. this weekend. No, nah, man, I, I got a ticket straight to, to Kings Court again to be with the Bayou City Blues. They, oh, maybe, then I'll, I'll fly out to Houston then. Okay, I'll be there. All right, all right. They uh they posted today like kind of explaining the situation for Saturday, and they say disclaimer: we do set off flares and smoke bombs during matches, especially yeah, this one. If you're allergic to smoke, concerned for any safety issues, we recommend you don't join us outside of the patio. We do our best to keep it safe. They try their best, yeah. Just... Keyword. There's nothing safe about those blue shots that they're yeah. handing around. It's or those definitely purple, shots. purple okay, drink. Oh, yeah, man, definitely not. Definitely, they're definitely not OSHA approved uh, as far as how how safe they are uh, with their flares. Because at first, I thought there was like a legitimate fire when we were inside, <laughs> and we smelled yeah. like burning rubber, rubber or something. Everyone was yeah. concerned, but except for everyone standing over there and i was like hmm what's just going on out there might want to go uh, over there and inhale some of that stuff and that's exactly yeah, what and we did. I did that yeah <laughs> we did that andres i think it goes without saying that you need to take control of the pods instagram account and post some stories so everybody could see how hard the bayou city blues go i'll um, i'll be there bright and early um yeah i'm excited man it's gonna be a good one it, it again if you're listening, if you've already been vaccinated, if you just think your mask is amazing, go find <laughs> other Chelsea fans to watch this game with, man. Yeah. Do, do not sit at home on your own. It's just not the same. Go somewhere if, if your town allows. Like, join the community because mm -hmm. this is our second, this is our third trip to the final.
chance to get our, our second Champions League final, like you want to be surrounded in in uh, in a crazy atmosphere. And my last question: Will you guys be distraught if we lose? Like, is making it is making it enough? I think for me, making it it was enough of an accomplishment. Of course, I'm, I'm going to be sad if we don't win, but I won't be distraught. Um, I think I still would be. I think it's so hard to make it to the finals. You can have the best team and still have one bad day and there's no coming back because then the second leg team just parks the bus. So a win against City for these for this these players can sort of ignite years of success at this point of their career. I think a loss again if, if you take it in, in the silver lining, I think it'll be motivation as well. But something about, you know, leaving it all out on the line. I mean, yeah, I, I, I want to win. I'll be, I'll be upset. I don't know if I'll, you know, put myself in a dark closet for months upset, but it'll still be a hard one to swallow if we don't win. It just, it all depends on how we play, I guess. Uh, by the way, I asked I asked this question just to see how honest Zach is. Okay, Zach, let's let's hear your let's hear your answer. <laughs> I will be fucking pissed if we lose. <laughs> You're gonna ruin your your whoever's graduation party with, Listen, your, with I'm, your attitude. I'm get gonna fucking, ruin. I'm gonna ruin. Get the cake yeah, out of I mean, my I'm, face. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be driving for like an hour and a half immediately after the match to this person's house. You think and, this is an accomplishment? Uh, Winning the Champions League is a fucking accomplishment. I think I think if <laughs> anyone's gonna here, suffer if we lose the Champions League final, high school, it's gonna be, high it's school? Be, it'll be my fiance more than anybody because she's gonna have to sit in the car with me and hear me just ripping every single player a new one. Um, no, look, I I think the disappointment and me being pissed off doesn't necessarily come from us losing this because Sam, I do kind of share your sentiment a bit where it's like. We're kind of playing with house money right now. Like nobody For expected sure. us to be here, which so, might be in our favor. Yeah. So in that sense, yes, it will make it a little easier. But what Andres mentioned is way more important. What can happen to this team if we win the Champions League final? Um, the sky's the limit. Not only in terms of like the way the players will develop and the manager with the players and all of that good stuff. But I'm talking transfers. The last time uh, we won the Champions League, I remember an Eden Hazard saying, who was the most coveted player that transfer window, coming out and saying, I'm going to play for the winners of the Champions League next year. And uh, that's how we got Eden Hazard. So it would be really nice if somebody could say something this time around, uh, maybe give us a little boost. But no, I, if, if we win this game, what can happen with this group of players uh, would be absolutely phenomenal. So that's why I would be pissed. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, I, th I think we could kind of wrap it up there um, before we get too emotional uh, in, this, in this podcast. But if you guys are still listening, um, make sure make sure you listen to what Andres said a little earlier. Um, if you are a part of a Chelsea fan group um, and if you are vaccinated or if you feel comfortable going out, Go watch the game with Chelsea fans. It's really important. Don't be lame like uh, like me. Um, 
<laughs> make sure you're following us on Twitter at Romans Empire Pod. Um, our email address, Romans Empire Pod at gmail.com. I'm giving us the email address. I'm giving the email address so Human Capital Department can email us and tell us his life story because we want to know who this guy is. Um, but until next week, whew, hopefully, hopefully, the champions of Europe keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>